you have to go through the grieving process, right? Yeah, I absolutely went through a grieving process. Right. And you have to get through that grieving process before you can get on the other side of it. So it just sounds like a really bad experience. <laughs> I don't know why I just was like, oh, of course, thinking that it would be a great fit. And it just wasn't. This happens a lot. Welcome to the Urban Connect podcast. I'm Jennifer Arshambo, the broker owner of Urban Provision Realtors, and I'm thrilled to be having you tuning in today. If you're here, chances are you're a prospective buyer, seller, or homeowner searching for clarity on the ever-evolving real estate landscape here in Texas, and you've come to the right place. In each episode, we'll delve into a myriad of topics equipping you with the knowledge and tools to effortlessly navigate the intricate realm of real estate, from insider tips on how to prepare your home for a successful sell, to insights on the latest marketing trends, and everything in between. We've got you covered. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your real estate knowledge to the next level on the Urban Connect podcast. So welcome to the third installment of Anatomy of a Great Realtor, a captivating four-part episode series that delves deep into the real-life experiences and explores the qualities that define an exceptional realtor. In today's episode, we have a special guest, a former seller who will generously share their personal journey and encounters while working with realtors. Throughout this series, we'll unravel the stories that set apart an outstanding realtor from an average one. Prepare to gain valuable insights, learn from authentic encounters, and discover the attributes that truly make a realtor exceptional. Brace yourself for enlightening conversations that will revolutionize your perspective on what it truly means to collaborate with a top-notch realtor. Let's get started. My guest today is Molly. Molly and her family moved from Washington State to Texas, and Molly's real estate experience is quite common. So I felt compelled for Molly to share her story with us today. Molly, I'm honored to host you today, and welcome to Urban Connect. Hi, thanks for having me. You moved from another state to to the Washington State. You bought a home, and you chose a realtor to do that. So tell me about that experience first, because I think that sets the stage for what we're going to talk about today. How did you... Find that realtor. What questions did you ask that realtor to help you buy the home that you eventually sold? So the realtor that we used for our move from Washington to Austin was an old friend, actually, who we had uh, used as our realtor to buy the house that we were living in previously uh, 15 years ago. So for us, it was sort of just like a no-brainer. We were going to go with the same person. We had maintained a friendship over the years and didn't really think twice about it. So it was an old friend that you thought, great, she's a realtor. Let's use her. She was, you know, helped you buy. That transaction went flawlessly or as flawless as it could go. There were no major hiccups that made you wonder or think that anything could go south. And Not at all. It was a great buying experience. It was our first buying experience and it was super fun. (laughs) Yeah, I had no regrets about that. Okay, so let's talk now about the sell because, you know, that's why you're here today. You sold that house. You moved to the Texas area, right? So when you decided to move here, did you just go back to that previous agent and say, okay, I'm ready to sell. List my house. Like, how did that conversation go? And talk to me about that process. Like how you eventually started working with her again. Like I said, we had uh, maintained a, you know, friendship over the years. And it was 
again, just like a no-brainer, we were like, of course we would use this person. She was great. I didn't think that it could possibly have been a problem <laughs> at all. Yeah. So you never thought about it being a problem, right? So you no. just said... It was more like, hey, I'm, I'm, you helped me buy. I'm going to, you know, I need to sell. I need an agent. You were great on the buy. So help me on the sell. Okay. So let's, let's talk about your process because you, I know you ended up buying here first and then selling there later, but talk to me about the process and kind of where things went sideways in your transaction on the sell side. We had a unique situation, I guess, because we were able to buy before we sold our house. And I guess I didn't realize how much pressure we would be under by the end of it. Like we felt pretty good. We were confident that our home would sell. I loved that house deeply. And so I thought, you know, someone else would come along and love it as much as I did and sweep it up and it would be sold in a matter of moments and we'd, you know, be fine. And that was just simply not how it went down. So before you, I I remember the process was when you were gearing up to selling, you know, you're going through the sales process, you're packing up to move. And if I remember correctly, you didn't want to show your house while you live there, you wanted to be out of it, right? You you know, you have children, you live in a house one way, you show and sell a house a different way. You thought it would just be easier for the buyer to see themselves living in it if you weren't there. So you chose to pack up, move and sell later. Yeah. So we, um, we do have young children and I wanted to keep them in school for the rest of the school year. And so it, put us in a, a delayed time frame. I had wanted to perhaps move to a temporary living situation while they finished up the year in school. And this maybe was the first red flag for me was um, I got no real advice. A lot of um, just, you know, be zen about it. If things will happen the way that they happen. It's all okay, whatever you decide. And I think that as a first time seller, I needed someone to tell me what to do. It was mm-hmm. a very emotional move. I had no experience. Yeah, most buyers and sellers, I mean, even if they've done it multiple times, they still need someone to tell them how to navigate that water, right? Because You know, whether they did it 10 years ago, five years ago, the market's changed and the, you know, the buyer pool has changed and interest rates have changed. Like there's so many changes that evolved in the real estate industry. So I agree with you. I I think that it's always best for the agent to to give some quality advice to, you know, their their buyer, especially like you said, you thought you've thought even about moving to a short term rental to at least let, let your children finish out school and to, to move here so you could you maybe get on the market a little bit sooner. Yeah. Yeah. I think that if we had sold the you know month prior to what we had, we would have probably gotten a lot more money for our home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that I think you had indicated that the, you know, when we first started, the market was pretty hot. Right. And it was like, you know, what buyers and sellers really don't think about is, market can pivot overnight and it's like 
you know, drawing a line in the sand where, you know, you're planning for X and Y happens, right? And, and a really good agent should be able to say, well, look, this is what's happening in our marketplace. You know, maybe like you said, going to that short-term rental and moving twice is in your best interest. So it sounds like that didn't happen. Yeah. And it was, you know, so it was left to be a decision between my husband and I, which, you know, is is not always as easy as it would be if someone else, you know, the professional was there to be like, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was just like our decision. And we came up with, you know, we decided to stay. And I really do regret that. Mm -hmm. I regret that for you. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that you had, you know, had had a different experience. Like you said, it it impacted your bottom line um, because of the shift in when you actually sold. But let's talk about the, you know, when you finally got to market. Like you saw this particular agents, how they handled the transaction on the buy side. And you probably knew what to expect on the sell side, you know, because you've had friends and family sell, right? And you've probably seen, you know, mom and dad or aunt and uncle sell before. So you kind of probably understood that being a first time home buyer, you have some expectations of what to expect, but you don't know what you should get. Yeah. So there were a couple of things that I ended up doing to make the house presentable that I felt like the realtor should have taken care of. Like I got planters and planted, you know, things in the front. And I guess I wouldn't really expect a whole bunch of new things, but we were paying for staging. And that to me would have included the outside of the home. And that wasn't done. And I ended up having to do it. And it was, you know, expensive. And I wanted the home to look really, really nice. Hmm. And I need and I was the one who made it look really, really nice. Right, right. There was no guidance for you or or communication to say, well, the staging is really just on the inside. We're doing nothing to the outside. Oh, Oh, I now have to do this. Thanks for telling me. Right. There was there was no real clear expectation given. So it seems like that was just very wild and very different from the previous experience from this friend who was a realtor from before. Yeah. And um, also, you know, it was very different from what I had witnessed my, you know, friends who had sold in the last few years. It was very different from what they had experienced. It was like their homes all looked super clean and professional and the outside of my home, you know, wasn't taken care of the way that it should have been. Uh, Even if the realtor had told me, you need to hire this person, this person, this person, do these things, that would have been easier than me having to do it myself in the last minute. Mm -hmm. And that the the curb appeal people drive yeah. up to you is the first, that's the first picture generally in MLS. That's the first impression that people have before they even get into the great, you know, staged area that they've yeah. put together on the inside. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. I, I feel like educating and communicating across the board on what's their role versus your role is, is super important. Let's talk about the remainder of the process, right? You got staged and, you know, you're under contract and, I'm sure you had some offers come in. I, you know, I know that, you know, that, that area was, I'm going to call it a hot market and, you know, it still was desirable. You know, I'm sure you got an offer too. How did that process work 
with and, and compare it to you making offers when you bought your house, like engagement wise or communication wise through that. Our house went on the market and didn't immediately receive a bunch of offers like I had thought. Um, the market had shifted. It was super volatile. Everyone was very, very nervous. You know, at that point, the realtor was like, oh, something will come along. And I didn't feel as though the photos were up to par. I didn't feel like the effort pushing it was up to par. I've seen some really beautiful flyers go out or even just a flyer at the top of you know, at the driveway or, or wherever, um, there was none of that. Honestly, I felt neglected. I, I'm sure that you've seen some of this um, realtors, other marketing pieces for other houses. And, you're, and it sounds like you feel like you were left in a different category. Yeah. Like, I think that, you know, our home was not like a multi-million dollar home, um, but, you know, it was it was a special place to me. Like it didn't really, you know, and I know that uh, money is money. Right. Um, But I really did feel like I felt bad and I felt like um, I felt like my home wasn't being treated with love. (laughs) It didn't sound like it, you know, and it's sad because that, like you said very early on in, in this episode is it's emotional. You're leaving the home that you've, you know, brought your kids home to. You've made a home and you probably didn't see, foresee yourself picking up and moving across the country, right? So, you know, then to have someone who's not taking the extra special attention to marketing, pricing, you know, communication, and then, you know, just like, oh, whatever happens, you know, kumbaya kind of, you know, moment. You know, there are belief systems that just that well, when it happens, it happens. But there are things that agents can be doing and, you know, clients can be doing right to facilitating something happening faster. Right. Yeah. There's pricing changes. There's marketing shifts. There's different ways to market. So, you know, it's unfortunate that I feel like you had to endure that process because I don't, you know, your first experience sours your your next experience when you go to sell, you you almost have a guard and a red flag up because you're always looking for what is going to go wrong in the next sell because that's what experience you've had from the first one. Yeah, well, hopefully we won't be selling for quite a while. <laughs> no, no. And hopefully you'll have a better agent on the other side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about what you would have done. What would you have changed besides, you know, maybe asking her to be more open and communicate with you throughout the process, what would you have changed? And we'll go to like maybe another realtor later, like, but what would you have changed in the situation you were in with that one agent? I think that I should have been a little bit more aggressive and forthcoming to her and just say like, this is what I expect. This is how I want you to treat this property, you know, like as if it is gold, (laughs) because it is, you know, it is to me, I really can't stress enough how emotional moving is. I don't really know anybody that has moved and like not cared about the place that they were leaving, especially if they were in it for a really long time. Like your home is like leaving a home is hard. 
And so I wish that I had just been more direct with her about my expectations of how the space would have been uh, staged and treated. There were some rooms that were, you know, not staged the way that I felt like they should have been. The artwork was pretty terrible. I didn't feel like it fit the architecture of the home. So it just sounded like a really bad experience. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for me, it was. Yeah. And to have all of that when... You're going to a new house that you, and I know this, you had never seen in person. You had just seen through the photos to a new state you hadn't lived in with kids that were, you know, and not probably eager about moving, right? They didn't want to roll up the carpet with their, you know, friends. It's an emotional process, like you mentioned. So, um, so, you know, definitely, you know, be more vocal and voice your opinion and setting those expectations on your end, just as a, a really good listing agent should have set the expectations on their end. It's kind of twofold. Yeah. It's a two way street, right? So, yeah, you know, let's say moving forward, let's just say that, you know, because I helped you buy your house here, right? That's how we connected. And that realtor helped me find you, found you for me. So that was like the best part of the whole experience on, <laughs> well, on that you. end was that I got you. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I, you know, I've brought, um, a, you know, buyer now a seller into the equation for this series because I, you know, I, I try to do right for my clients, but also connect with them long after, right? It's like the when the, when we've, you know, closed and we've signed everything. It's like, I'm still part of the equation. You know, most of my clients have become friends and lifelong friends. So thank you for that. But how would you have chosen your realtor differently now knowing what you know? So, you know, I'm assuming you would have said, okay, you help me buy, you're going to help me sell. I'm, I'm assuming that is off the table in the future, regardless of how well you know the person. What would you do differently in that vetting process next time? Yeah, so I think I probably would have looked for someone who was more knowledgeable um, about the area that I lived in. I don't think that this particular realtor sold much in my area and kind of had a, a negative view on the part of the city that I lived in. Which for for us, it was great. We loved it. Like I loved it. And, you know, it wasn't the hoity-toity part of the city. And I think that um, they just didn't know the area very well. So I think I should have. I I wish that I had found a realtor who was kind of specialized in my particular part of the city. How would you have found that next agent? Would you have asked friends or family? Would you have looked at, you know, marketing online? Like what would you... Thinking now, the the setbacks and the issues that you had and things that made you sad within your transaction, like to make sure that doesn't happen again on your future transactions, wherever yeah. you end up. Yeah. So, I mean, before we sold our house, like when we were living there for all these years, I would always get um, mailings from local realtors who were specialized in my area. And I would see the comps around and um, I think I would have been much better off had I actually called one of those people there, you know, right there in the neighborhood. There was one group that uh, sold a friend's house just a few months before our house and they did 
great. They were excellent. You know, the market was better for them at the time, but just on, you know, just hands on, they were so much more attentive to our friends than, you know, our realtor was to us. Well, I think it's also that they were probably more empathetic, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it is a big emotional process and a journey and and you were probably asking for guidance and, you know, maybe not the right way to her. And she wasn't picking up the clues, wasn't listening to maybe what you were saying. Um, she was involved in another process in her business. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got told quite a few times that um, I was too emotional about it. Everybody's emotional. So yeah, <laughs> that brings up a good point. We do have an episode of emotions tied to real estate. You can never let that emotion go. When someone has a space that they have memories in, there's going to be emotion and there's no way to let that go. She can let that go because yeah. she doesn't have a memory tied to that space, but you and your family have a memory. So there's always going to be emotion. Yeah. The only person that can become emotionless is a seller who has never lived in the house, like an investor, because they don't have a memory to a space. It's yeah. purely financial, right? So, mm-hmm. so, and even they get emotional, right? Because it's <laughs> the, the highest dollar to them, right? So, so yes, um, you know, I agree. No realtor should say become emotionless. What they should do is help you curb the emotion. And like you say, make your house shine to show it in your light right that could have helped your emotion or helped you buttoned up the the feeling and you know compacted it like we talked about in my episode for her emotion series is you know buttoned it up and helped you find something or some layer to bring with you here that you know allowed you to remember that memory there right yeah you have to go through the grieving process right yeah I absolutely went through a grieving process right and you have to get through that grieving process before you can get on the other side of it Mm -hmm. and that's what I feel like a true professional does for you um before getting to you know like putting their hands together says let's get to the business and clapping their hands right and it was unfortunately a purely business transaction but you didn't think it would happen. Right. Yes. I mean, it was, um, this, this realtor was so great when we bought that house. It was the perfect house for us. It had all of the things that I needed and wanted. And, and I felt like, you know, she knew what I wanted. Do you think that the, because there was a long span of time you lived in this house, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I have always said, an agent is only as good as the last couple of transactions, right? Because we all change. We all grow. We all, you know, get older and decide to, I'm going to call it retire, retire, move on and do less, right? So 10 to 15 years is a long time for someone to be in the business. Do you, do you think there was a situation where, you know, 15, 20 years ago, she was gung ho and telling you everything you need to do. And now she's like, Ugh just need to sell a couple of transactions. I'm done. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. That's entirely possible. I am, you know, she is, uh, you know, older. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's not to say that she's, you know, an older person could be a lesser. Not Right. Not at all. (laughs) No, no. But that's in the vetting process, right? Where are you in your career? What are you doing? Right. So how much energy do they have like to, you know, to put into this, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. So is there anything that we haven't discussed that you think that 
you would tell a seller that was in your situation that used an agent on the front side, on the buy side, and then, you know, didn't interview, didn't think to use anybody else. Is there anything that you would ask or want to know that you didn't ask this time that we haven't talked about? Yeah. So I think that um, I probably would just like want to interview a few people um, just to then be able to make a decision a little bit, you know, more informed decision about what that person is going to do for me. Um, because I, I feel like, you know, when you are selling a house, like I, you, you're hiring the realtor to work for you just to get a, a better, you know, a better idea of what's, what is this like right now? Um, like we had said, like I, I lived in that house for 15 years. I wasn't thinking about real estate at all. So yeah, I should have interviewed more people. Yeah, I think that's a good takeaway from it because, you know, you're I feel like you said people change and like you said you don't know what's good from bad until you get into a bad situation. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I always feel like it's like you you need a new AC, you interview three people, you or you get a second opinion. Right. Yeah. Like everything else in my life, I always get three quotes for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, you know, this, I just was like, oh, of course, thinking that it would be a great fit. And it just wasn't. This happens a lot, right? Where a buyer ends up with a really good experience. And and I say really good experience because you're a buyer. You're When you buy your first house, you really don't know what to expect, right? So when you went to buy the next house, you probably saw differences in the representation on the difference between, say, my representation or her representation, or if it had been a different agent and then her representation, right? So there's there's different layers of that as well, right? So you don't know when you're buying first time and selling first time really what to expect. So like you said, having three or four other people come into the fold and then asking her the same questions you're asking them, what is she going to do the same or differently? Yeah. I think that maybe one thing um, is that when you're, when you're looking for a home and when you're selling a home, you're like, I mean, at least I was, I was on the, you know, real estate websites all the time looking and I was really aware of what was on the market, any new, any new homes that were, uh, you know, coming on the market in my area where I was selling and also where I was trying to buy. I knew what I liked as far as photography goes. And so maybe, you know, spending some time looking at that and, you know, to try and find a new realtor, like, because if they're, you know, if their photography looks good, then, you know, <laughs> that, that might be a, a, clue as to how they would be um really bad photography is you know pretty it's pretty bad well especially since the buyers start online right it's yeah. we're done with the days of a newspaper we're done with the days of walking past the real estate office and looking you know at a real estate listing in the list in the yeah. window so we're not in those markets generally so you're right i mean the marketing has to shine and the the photography has to shine and it's such a fraction of the cost for a realtor to do so that it should be across the board and it's not yeah like i i ended up editing photos that um she had taken of my home like it was pretty pretty bad 
Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate, but it shouldn't be that bad. Like you said, that's a good tip for some sellers to, to know, yes, it's vetting and marketing and you know what you've sold. Are you, you know, familiar with the area, but like, show me some of your marketing so I can see what I'm, I'm getting into. And I always believe that when selling a house, it's telling the story. It's telling that homeowner's story about what they loved about their house and what the future buyer can expect, the future homeowner can expect to be living there and through the eyes of the seller, right? Yeah. And if that agent hasn't captured that story through their marketing, they've missed. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I also rewrote the script of my, you know, the description. The marketing description. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah. you know, wasn't my job. That wasn't my job. That was that yeah. was their job to do. And you know, and maybe I'm very particular, but I had, I knew the vision of my home, you know, and I, and it it wasn't captured and it Mm -hmm. could have easily been if like just a little more attention had been paid Mm -hmm. or effort. Right. Yeah. Effort. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's a kind of a good takeaway. I feel like that takeaway with, you know, telling the story, so that really captures the um, who's going to be the the buyer that's going to be living in that house and wants that house, you know, probably could improve your chances on getting more showings and offers coming in. Right. This uh, was a mess, even though you rewrote it. Right. It was probably most people saw it before. Yeah. You know, when I rewrote it, I didn't rewrite it completely. I, you know, I, I was like, oh, God, I don't want to like you know, step on her toes, but like this has to be changed. So I just like edited it, you know, like I would have, I, I should have just wiped the whole thing away and like rewritten it completely. But, you know, I felt I was insecure um, about what I wanted. And I think that, you know, you didn't want to offend your friend. Yeah, I didn't want. Yeah, because because we did have like a personal relationship, you know, for many, many years, it was sort of like, I don't want to insult her, but like I should have been paying less attention to me insulting her and, you know, more attention to getting what I needed. <laughs> well, I'll say I've worked with friends in the past and a lot of my clients become friends. Right. And you have to when you're in that situation, you have to say, yes, we're friends, but this is a business transaction. Right. Because this is this matters to me. This is meaningful to me. And we have to separate that friendship for the sake of understanding in the communication and, you know, me standing up for myself and telling you what I need and want and my expectations and not getting under, you know, uh, uh, under each other's skin. Right. So so it, it takes a strong person to do that. But then you also that's also a sign that maybe that friend is not, that person was not the right fit. Right. But then hindsight, right. You realize that in multiple facets of the transaction. Yeah. So, well, the good thing is, is you do have, you're going to be here forever because I'm never letting you leave. (laughs) We're never leaving. You're never, you're never leaving. (laughs) We're never going to be able to afford to leave. (laughs) Yeah. If they do leave, we're going to tell a story and capture the house beautifully because you have a beautiful home. And you're going to hire an agent who really understands the, the market of the areas in tune with it. And we, we talked about this on the buyer side. And when the, when the buyer came in and talked, they talked about under having an agent who understood the local market. Right. Yeah. And so you need that on the sell side too. You need someone who 
who knows what's happening, not just now, but five and 10 years down the road. Like there's a, where you bought, there's a major highway being built on the skirt of where your community is, right? So, you know, what is that going to entail commercial growth wise, right? So, so you need someone who can tell that story too and understanding, not someone who, you know, sells from a different area coming in and thinking what they know. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there were a lot of assumptions made about the area that we lived in because that realtor was not local, really. I mean, you know, they were in in the same city, but in a different part. That's where they mostly focused. So I think the the biggest key takeaway is you probably would have hired someone local, but you would probably hire someone local that you have had firsthand experience from someone close to you, friend, family, colleague, whatever. that they had a recent experience and that they were local. Mm -hmm. And if you decided to use this agent that helped you buy, you probably would have interviewed that person a second time after you probably interviewed other people. Yeah. So I think I... So don't let your, you know, personal relationships, you know, affect your buying and selling experience, I guess. Yeah. No, no. Either draw a line in the sand and establish what's business and what's personal or choose not to. I mean, there are people out there that just choose not to blend personal and business. Yeah. And that's fine. I've had really close friends say, Jennifer can't use you because I don't make that blend. Right. And that's okay. That's their decision. Right. But there are people out there that can draw that line and say, well, what we're talking about now is business has nothing to do with our personal relationship. And let's, okay, let's take our business hats on and then let's take a personal hat on. So we know when we are not going to offend each other by saying anything. Well, Molly, I definitely thank you for your contribution and your, you know, your generosity and your sharing all this information. I feel like this experience is invaluable to people who are listening because I believe getting in a wrong situation relationship wise with your realtor out of the gate create so many problems moving forward and lots of times problems you can't get out of because you're too knee deep in a transaction you're already under contract or whatever and you realize you're stuck right yeah I felt stuck for sure yeah Yeah. so I feel like definitely going through the the kind of the the hindsight steps that you identified is something that every buyer and every seller needs to do so I know that all this information will be incredibly enlightening and form- formative to our Texas-based listeners. So I thank you once again for contributing um, to the community of our um, podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so <laughs> before we conclude today's episode, I'd like to offer you a glimpse into what what awaits on the next episode. So get ready for the final episode of Anatomy to of a Great Realtor. It's a again, it's a four-part series. That's the last episode. We'll delve into those real life experiences of um, exceptional realtor, but that fourth installment will be engaging in conversations with two real estate brokers. So those valuable insights will offer a a comprehensive and well-rounded perspective on what truly sets apart a great real estate agent from their industry counterparts. So basically from um, what a realtor thinks of another realtor and how we as realtors vet other realtors to, to determine their competency and how a standout they are. So brace yourself for an enriching experience that broaden your understanding and leave you in awe of, you know, who you should pick for your next real estate experience. 
So a heartfelt thank you goes out to all of our listeners, whether you're tuning in from the comfort of your home or on the go and sincerely hope that today's episode was um, of Urban Connect was informative and valuable to you. If you've enjoyed the show, I kindly ask you consider to hit the follow of the subscribe button. Your support plays a vital role in helping us reach a broader audience and expanding the Urban Connect community. Should you have any questions or comments about today's episode, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly at jennifer at urbanconnectpodcast.com. I genuinely appreciate and read every email I receive, and I am always eager to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and your feedback. This is Jennifer Archambault, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.